0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so excited that you are here. My name is Amanda Joy Loveland, and I am your host for this podcast, Leaving Religion and Those We Leave Behind. This is for sure a passion project and something that's very close to my heart and something I never thought I would be doing. We are sharing our stories of why we left religion, what we've learned through it, and how we moved through it with as much ease and grace as possible. This is a place of community and gathering and is not a place for bashing. So I am excited to welcome you to the conversation and welcome you to my show. Well, good morning. I'm sitting here with Adam Nugent. And Adam, you are my third male guest. So I've been, when I first started this, I had all these females lined up. And it's like, I need more men on this podcast. So I am super grateful that you're here and that you said yes. To this. So thank you for being here. It's an
1: honor. I'm, I'm grateful to be here. So thank yeah. you.
0: Yeah, it's fun to sit down and spend some one-on-one time. We've, we've kind of been in the same circles a little bit here and there, but not really been able to have a conversation, just you and I. So I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, as am I. And I don't really know much about your... I'm trying to think who told me to... I had a few people that are like, you need to interview Adam. And I don't even know your story. I know you're Mormon. Now you're not Mormon. That's all I know. Um, so were you... Did you grow up in Utah?
1: Yeah. I grew up, I grew up here in Utah, moved, did a little stint and moved to Chicago when I was nine for a little, for a year or so. And they moved back. But yeah, Utah has been home.
0: Yeah. So were you born and raised in Mormonism?
1: I was. Yeah. Yep.
0: Is your family still Mormon?
1: Fam. um, I'm the oldest of four boys. uh, So I have three brothers. Um, Two of us have left. I would go as far as say two of them have one foot in, one foot out. Yeah. Uh, But my parents are still very active. My dad- um, was just recently released as a bishop about eighteen months ago, two years oh, ago. Really, yeah.
0: So very Mormon. Yeah, yes. I, I had a friend the other day at dinner. We were talking about this podcast because she had listened to a few, and she said, "Haven't you heard of people saying that they're they're the middle way Mormons, where they have one foot in, one foot out, and they're very vocal about it? Like I'm Mormon, but I'm not Mormon." And they're, I'm like, "Oh, I haven't heard that before." So that was that was a new one. So when you said that about one foot in, one foot out, that's what. Reminded me of the middle way that some people are choosing into.
1: Yeah, and I think if my brothers were here, they'd probably say otherwise. That's just my opinion, my perspective. Yeah. Um, My youngest brother left the church you know, of our family, if you will, probably, I don't know, seven or eight years ago. So he left first and kind of went through the whole bitter, angry stage. and has now since transitioned out of that. And I left about, I'd say maybe five years ago.
0: Mm. So you're born and raised. Uh So what is your story?
1: Yeah, so... Again, the oldest of four boys, born and raised. I had this whole thing, which is even a thing that I've been working through up even to my... I'm 44 even through here in this last year is not wanting to um, let my parents down, specifically yeah. my father. Mm-hmm. And so it's incredible the amount of decisions and the things that I've made that I've had not only as a teenager and growing up, but then also in, as an adult with my own family, always wanting my dad to be proud, if you will. Yeah. And I think there was the assumption... Well, I know there was the assumption that I'm the oldest. I need to set an example okay. for my boys or for my brothers. And, you know, and I, there were parts of the church that resonated with me. There were parts of it that never have resonated with me, but there is that, that component, I guess, because you're raised, it's just cultural. I mean, you don't, do you go on a mission, not go on a mission? Like, no, you're going to go on a mission. So I, you know, was active, went on a mission, did the whole thing. Got where did you serve? Argentina.
0: Oh, really? What? What mission? In Buenos Aires. That's where my brother served.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible experience. I I mean, I would say that I definitely had, um, you know, as I've looked back and where I am today and looking back on all these moments, I've had some incredible experiences that I would say came from a higher power, Mm -hmm. you know, and as I've worked through them and where I'm at today, did I have those experiences because I was Mormon or did I have those experiences just because I was serving and helping people?
0: Yeah. That's an interesting question to ask.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And because a lot of times, you know, people have that like that one spiritual moment or that one like aha Mm -hmm. and again the programming or the way we were raised was like oh that's that's the holy ghost that's the spirit telling you that this is the truth and you know i can honestly say back in each one of the experiences that i've had that i would say came from a divine source Mm -hmm. um had nothing to do with religion of any kind frankly And it was interesting to kind of go through each one of those in my own journey to come to that conclusion. But it, I was in conflict with that because mm-hmm. I'm like, how can I deny these experiences I had yet have have such literally this, this such strong feelings around something that's really pushed me to where I am in life today? Mm-hmm. And at the time, I'm like, oh, it's because I'm, I'm Mormon. It's right. because this of is this is why. And it's not. And now looking back on it, it's like, no, everybody has opportunities for those types of mm-hmm. experiences, whether you're Mormon or not.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That's really interesting. And I love that you asked that question of, is it because I'm Mormon and I'm having this or just because I'm connecting to a higher power?
1: Yeah. And it's interesting even, well, and I was like, I mean, I don't know what you call typical Utah Mormon. Mormonism, I think in Utah is very different than out in oh, the 100%. state than it is outside of the state.
0: <laughs> There's no question.
1: And so my brother and I joke that we, you know, we got into the mission training center and we start learning about the Book of Mormon. I mean, I never read it before they went on it and we were joking like, wait a minute, Jesus apparently came to, to America, you know, which is the core, one of the core foundations of, 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 the LDS faith. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Like, and so it's interesting that, and so it was a real learning experience, real eye opening. It mm-hmm. was, um, I would call it baptism by fire, if you will, because I wasn't, I mean, I was a teenager. I was a good kid. I was doing the things, but I also wasn't into the church. Yeah. Again, I went because I wanted to set an example for my brothers.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like you had a good experience on your mission? Because I know I had another guest, um, and his his episode hasn't aired yet, but he made that comment that he would watch people come in that just went to please the parents, please the family, and though there was such a big difference between those that consciously said yes, I want to go on a mission versus those that did it for these reasons, and their experience was vastly different. So I'm kind of curious. Do you feel like you had a good experience?
1: Yeah, I thought I feel like I had an incredible experience. I feel like it was. It's interesting. Again, when you're taught like this is going to be the hardest thing you do in life, this is going to be the most challenging thing. It's going to be the most rewarding thing. I'm grateful for that time. I'm grateful for the opportunity to have learned another language, to be thrown into the gauntlet. I think, Mm -hmm. honestly, the church does missionaries a disservice to send them to the MTC. I think you should just be thrown into it. Mm -hmm. I think you learn so much more. I mean, when I was in Argentina, the first day I got there, I was trying to buy something and the lady said, Efectivo, like, am I going to pay with, which means are you going to pay with cash? I didn't know what she was talking about. Right. And I couldn't, my companion had gone somewhere else in the store. Anyway, I couldn't even function or even live without help. Yeah. And I had. I was forced to learn. And so from a language perspective, it was great. I got to meet some incredible people, got to serve, and had amazing experiences. And more than anything, so much gratitude for what I have in my life. Mm-hmm. Because when you're visiting people in homes with dirt floors mm-hmm. and, you know, that literally have nothing, and they're giving their shirt off their back just to have you have dinner with right. them or sit down with them. Right. So just a lot of humility and a lot of gratitude for these people.
0: Yeah.
1: So yeah, it was, it was a great experience. And again, i I was drinking the Kool-Aid. I was going through it and I had, I, I had a lot of fun. So I found ways to have fun, to entertain myself along the way. Cause to sit and proselyte for anyone, let alone a 19 year old, you know, 12 to 14 hours a day, six days a week is a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I had fun with it and I, I, I played a lot too and had a lot of, um, a lot of amazing experiences. I'm, I'm grateful for the time I was there for sure.
0: That's awesome. So you come home from your mission. Do you instantly jump into finding a wife?
1: Yeah. Great question. So, so I, I started dating a girl three weeks before, oh, wow. um, I left on my mission, wow. fell head over heels for her. she, um, we wrote for the first part of my mission back and forth. And then kind of, she went kind of silent, she, you know, find out later she had a boyfriend was, you know, doing the thing but great for her. And then I remember getting a letter like a year into it and it it might as well been like my grandmother wrote the letter. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to write back. Like, it's like, how's the food? How's this, you know, just kind of very cold. Oh yeah. Yeah. No emotions. Like you're a stranger. Like, um, like they used to do where maybe they still do this. If when the young in the mutual, if you will, like, Hey, we're going to write letters to the missionaries, you Mm -hmm. know, it felt kind of like one of those. And then the next week she wrote one that was more, heartfelt if you will and so the last year of my mission i mean i fell in love with her the last year of my mission we wrote every every week mm-hmm. back and forth and so we came home um yeah i jumped back into it. and again i'm like return missionary you know doing the things and we uh we got engaged six months and one week after i got home
0: Well, that's, you know, some people get engaged a lot quicker than that. I know. Although that's still super fast.
1: And then three weeks later after that, I broke it off because it was too much, too fast. And I started kind of going to like a tailspin, if you will. So it was an interesting time in my life. And I, at the time, was convinced that I was getting, you know, praying, is this the right thing? Is this the right thing? And I'm convinced that I'm getting an answer that it's not. Mm -hmm. And so because of that quote unquote prayer that I thought I had received, I broke off the engagement. Um, which was difficult. It was hard.
0: No kidding. That was really hard.
1: Yeah. And then trying to clean through, you know, to the religion and trying to like find, it didn't make sense to me. But mm-hmm. if for some reason I had a feeling of that. Anyway, we had broke, we broke up for six months, um, uh, got back together, broke up. Anyway, ended up getting married actually. Oh, you did. Yeah, we did. And so we got married. How old was I? I was 20, 23 uh-huh. at the time. Uh, she was no, almost 24. She was almost 23. we were a year apart. And we got married, and then a year later, we got sealed in the temple. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so we, and we were married. Uh, I'm divorced now, but we were married for 17 years. We had four boys. Mm-hmm. And for most of that, except towards the end of my marriage, we were active going to church.
0: Mm-hmm. So most of that, did you both start falling away? Or as far as just starting to question?
1: No, what, what I just, like? I, it was interesting because I, I felt that, well, I had been going through the motions for a long time. It didn't, it didn't, how do I say this? It didn't feel, it didn't fill my cup. I was in conflict with it. I mm-hmm. many times didn't feel better going to church. I felt worse mm-hmm. because we're going there and we're in class and we're doing stuff and being taught that, Hey, if, if I'm feeling a certain way because I'm not doing enough of this and not doing enough for that, if I'm having any sort of, um, challenges, problems, whatever it is, whether it's interpersonal within my relationship, whether it's at work, you know, if I'm praying more, if I'm studying more, if I'm going to the temple more, if I'm doing all the things, I'm checking the checking the box. And every time I was there, I'm like, I'm not doing enough. I yeah. need to be doing more. I need mm. to be doing more. And so I didn't it didn't really fill my cup. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I have an act for teaching, so I enjoyed I would teach sometimes. I loved working with the youth. Um, I love to use life principles that weren't necessarily tied to religion. I've never been a a religious scholar. I've never really got caught up in all the doctrine of things. That's it's more about how I feel mm-hmm. and going through all that. There's just certain things just didn't resonate with me. And then towards, you know, it was a, for several years and, you know, an unhealthy marriage, I'd say on both sides of it, mm-hmm. I, towards the end, my now ex was, she cling. So she like went all in on the church, even mm-hmm. more so. And the church became her sounding board to be able to share like interpersonal things within our relationship and i just didn't feel comfortable even going to church the looks i was getting the people were saying things so and i was already going through the motions anyway so i just stopped going i'm like i'm done yeah and i've never looked back since Mm -hmm. and it's been one of the most freeing things i've ever done
0: how has i love that you said it's been freeing for you and that you made that choice how has it been since i don't know how many years ago that was about
1: five years ago yeah
0: from then to now, what is that unwinding process looked for you? And I, I appreciated that you said in the beginning, cause I know that's kind of a vulnerable piece to share that, you know, there's some aspect that even as a 44 year old man, you're still working in with the, trying to please your dad and, you know, the oldest son. And it is always an interesting thing. I had the same thought with me and my mother, I'm 41 years old and I'm still dealing with this. And it's like some of those things just never, never go away. So I, and I appreciate you sharing that because I think that's something that we all we all struggle with, especially when our family, our parents are still choosing in. But the five years of unwinding, what did that look like for you? Was it easy? Was it challenging?
1: You know, in many ways, it was way easier than I expected. Um, Again, I carried, and I I, I can honestly say, I think this is my thing. And I think some people have the same story. Others don't. Everyone has their own experience with it for me. And again, I can only speak for me. I carried a lot of shame Mm -hmm. and guilt that I wasn't doing enough. Mm -hmm. And it's not like I was off being doing things that were quote unquote inappropriate. I wasn't cheating on my wife. I wasn't out partying. I wasn't, I just, I wasn't doing the basic stuff if you will, or what I felt was enough. Mm -hmm. And, and so when I, when I stopped going, there was a sense of just relief. Like, ah, I can breathe here for a minute. Yeah. And then as I've continued through this journey, Again, being raised that it's like this is the one and only way; everybody else is lost, or Mm -hmm. the only way you can get there is you know to be sealed in the temple and do the things. Like that's a story you've heard for I've heard for almost forty years of my life. Mm -hmm. To all of a sudden start to work through it and start to see other perspectives, start to talk to lots of other people. I'm super curious, so I love to see what other people do and how other people think. And so as I, you know, use the word unwinding, if you will over the last five years, I've just been watching people and then found what really resonated with me. Mm -hmm. My, and where I stand today, I don't believe in organized religion, period, Mm -hmm. whether it's Mormonism, you know, Catholicism, whatever it happens to be. And I, I believe that the religion teaches you. My belief is that the answers are outside of you. Meaning if you check these boxes, you're going to be happy. If you check these boxes, you're going to, you know, you, you get, you got to do all these things, And I believe the answer is inside of us. I believe Mm -hmm. the religion in some ways takes power away from us and, and puts it on something else. We're almost like we're hopeless and we can't do anything. And Mm -hmm. I feel like, no, the answer is we got to lean on us. We're Mm -hmm. so powerful as people. We have so much that we can do individually. And I've just learned to lean in and love me and dig deep on me to be able to discover that. And it's been the most freeing empowering thing I've ever felt in my entire life. And I would say that I'm more spiritual than I've ever been. And I love my relationship with the divine. I also, but it's not tied to religion. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I would echo the same thing. I feel like my journey's been similar with and as I work with clients, that is the number one issue with now, what do I do? Somebody tell me what to do, because regardless of if you want to believe it or not, if you're in an organized religion, there is an aspect you've bought into listening to someone else outside of yourself and not trusting your own intuition. And I feel like most people that do leave, that's one of the things that they have to start learning is how do I trust myself? How do I go inside for the answers? Um, but when you... When you left, did your the relationship that you had with God, did that die?
1: No, but it shifted. So even my thoughts around prayer, right? You pray this way, you pray, you know, you give a raise right through Jesus, everything's through Christ to get to God. Um, backtracking on um, just for a minute with my father. So we were lucky enough to be able to raise in a household that we could question anything related to religion, gospel topics, and so forth. It was safe. I know a lot of people didn't have that experience. It was, uh, we were lucky enough to have that. Yeah. But one thing that my dad said that always um, rang true with me is God is logical. Hmm. So if you believe in God, divine, I mean, whatever you want to call it, like that there's logic around it. Mm-hmm. And so some of the things, like with my relationship with God and when it came to religion, just didn't make sense to me. Like yeah. it didn't seem logical. And one of them being like, how could, um, every, how could there only be one way?
0: Mm-hmm. How could
1: there only be one message for the entire world? And more context to this, I've got a, a gentleman that work, dear friend that works for me, who's gay and who was gr- raised LDS. Um, I asked him once, I said, Hey, how does it feel to be raised? Like from your perspective, right? You're a gay man in a Mormon church. Like how does it, how do you, how do you find peace with your upbringing and where things are at? And he said something, he doesn't even have kids. He goes, listen, he goes, I believe a father talks to his children in different ways. It resonates, what resonates with one child doesn't resonate with another. Mm -hmm. And myself being the father of four boys, I talk to each one of my boys very differently. So I can communicate one way with one son and that way does not work with the other son. Mm -hmm. So with this whole... Concept, this whole idea that it's like everything, everyone is going to resonate with one message and it's only this way or the highway doesn't make sense. It's yeah. not logical. So, my relationship with, I started to kind of unwind some of my beliefs around that. And more than anything, I started to get an alignment with how I felt from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, it's interesting. It's the programming and it's the way we were raised. I was going through the motions. I'm doing it because it's the right way, but I was realizing now looking back that it's like, no, I've had these feelings going back to as far as I can remember. Mm -hmm. I'm just getting in alignment with me. What resonates with me.
0: Yeah. Which I think is such a cool thing. So your relationship then with God shifted. Big time. Yeah.
1: And, um, prayer shifted. Um, I think expressing gratitude, I'm a huge advocate for gratitude. Mm -hmm. I keep a gratitude journal. I do it verbally. I write them down almost on the, on a daily basis to me, expressing gratitude is a prayer. Mm -hmm. I don't believe I need to, Formally sit down, or it needs to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. I have conversations with God all the time. I connect into that. It guides me. It, it helps direct my life. I feel more in tune than I've ever have. I feel I have more guidance than I ever have before. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's not because I, hey, I happen to attend the temple an extra time this month, or I happen to read the scripture. I mean, it just again to each their own. But for me, it's like it's wild that I used to believe. You had to do all these things in order to have this connection, and you don't.
0: Well, and I think, and everyone that I've interviewed, it's similar similar concepts that keep playing, the threads that keep going in and out. And as you're talking, what I'm reminded of, and even in my own personal journey, of we go from having again something that's somewhat out outside of us of hey, do these things, check these boxes, and everything will be okay. To now, we actually are turning inwards. I know for me personally, last few weeks, I've had to really unravel old programs as far as my ability to co-create with God. Do I really believe that I can co-create with God? And that is something that internally I had to go and look at and why, why I don't feel that way. And it has to do with relationships and the male perspective and yada, yada, yada and go do healing around that. But that was so personal to me. So it goes from out of the robotics mechanics of doing the things to turning inward and really getting personal with myself and, and, what I want that relationship to look like, and what how I need to show how can I show up in a different way so that that relationship is different. And I think that's one of the things for me, again, that I've witnessed and in my own personal journey, It it's such a personal relationship that that leaving religion does for every single person that I've experienced so far, that now our relationship is very personal, it is a part of us, like we are I, I've never felt it this way in my entire life, you know, versus being raised in Mormonism versus where I'm at now. And I would
1: bet you would say similar. Oh, hundred percent. And again, using my dad as an example, now as a father myself, I, you know, it's interesting you leave the church. Again, we raised our boys and uh, our four boys in the church. And so when I left their mom continued to stay in it. Yeah. And so again, there's this conflict there. Right. And my thing is, I've told my boys, I'm like, "Like, I will support you 100%. My thing is, I want you, I've never been, I've never kind of jabbed or said anything anti to them. I want them to choose. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes they say like, oh, you can decide when you get older. I want to give kids a chance to choose even earlier. So I've really empowered my boys to make decisions for themselves. And I said, you know, my oldest son's 18, just went away to college and, you know, he's contemplating if he wanted to go on a mission or not. Yeah. And I remember asking him, I said, well, do you want, why do you want to go? And his answers were, you know, what's, what are people going to think in the community? What's mom going to think, you know, all these different things. And I just said, listen, I sub. you need to go for you. And I stand by that. Um, I went for my brothers. I went for family. I went for other reasons. Um, and I said, his name's Dominic. I said, Dominic, if you want to go for you, I will support you a hundred percent, but don't go for anybody else for you and having conversations. And then as he started talking to me, he goes, honestly, I don't want to go. It doesn't resonate with me. I'm like, then honor that. And it's okay. But it was interesting to watch him on his own journey. He made the decision. I didn't. Mm -hmm. And I support him either way. But I honor that was hard for him. Yeah, I bet it was. And I think, again, as a father, what resonates with God in a relationship with God, again, to me, going back to what my dad said, God is logical. So, and this takes another step further. One of the things that I struggle with now is even do we need a savior?
0: Mm -hmm. The savior archetype is huge.
1: And so... And I shared this with my dad the other day. I said, "I don't believe we need to be saved," and it kind of blew him away. He's like, "Are you serious?" And I said, "I believe. I believe in Jesus. I believe he was a good man. I believe he did all these things. I also don't believe that I need to be saved, mm-hmm. and I don't believe I need to check certain boxes to be saved." Mm-hmm. And again, I look at it as a father. And if I've created this, if God is truly a Heavenly Father, as we're taught, right in the Mormonism, that it is a Heavenly Father, a father figure that has an infinite love that we can't even begin to comprehend. And I know how much I love my kids. I would never create a plan Mm -hmm. that you know over this is super oversimplified that my oldest son dominic can say okay you know other brothers in order to return to live with me you have to go through dominic Mm -hmm. it's the only way you can get there you can't Mm -hmm. get there on your own you can't do these things you need to be able to go through it just doesn't make sense to me Mm -hmm. and it's so in my own journey because i don't again i don't dig into the deep doctrine and people get all caught up in that it's just how i feel and so to me it's like there's a calming feeling to that. that's like that doesn't resonate with me today i don't know maybe it resonates with me tomorrow or a year from now i don't know but where i'm at today again my relationship with god is is the strongest it's ever been and i feel like i'm trying to take it from a pragmatic again logical perspective and it's really working and it resonates with me big time
0: I love that. So have your boys, are they still Mormon? How is that dynamic through the divorce and them kind of giving that permission to allow them to choose?
1: Yeah, my, I would say, I mean, it's a great question. They, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think it resonates with them either. It. We had a conversation here, I mean, a few years ago when, you know, when they had the whole thing with same sex marriage and bait and kids of couldn't be baptized and all mm-hmm. the kind of turmoil around that. It was interesting. I didn't say anything. And my two older boys were started talking about the whole thing like that. They're like, I don't agree with this. I don't agree with that. And they said something that I'll never forget. They're like, that's not a God I believe in. Yeah. And I just thought, good for you. No kidding. Just like that was just coming from them. And It was just so matter of a fact. They don't have the deep ingrained programming that we've had. And it's like, but yet it didn't resonate with me as in conflict. I'm like, I don't just don't believe that that's the way God sees things. Mm-hmm that that's man that's somebody else but yet someone that's so young that could see it so quickly that to me was powerful so you know there no there I'm what I want to do as a father is empower them to make decisions and to rely on them mm-hmm. first and foremost and to have so much confidence and self-awareness that they can do anything they want to as they go inward and work on them
0: yeah i think mean, that's one of the most powerful things we can teach our children right is to to go inward and to ask the questions themselves yeah so now that you've left and you're five years down the road and you've been unpacking and unraveling, you've shifted more into, would you say you're spiritual from uh, what I know of you, you are
1: a hundred percent. Yeah. thousand percent. Oh yeah. Bit huge into it.
0: Do you feel like that has, is that kind of a natural? Cause I know some people will leave and almost resist everything. Like for me, when I first left, if you said the word God, or there was a book that said God, it was, it was, I can, could not read it. I picked up a course in miracles. And I'm like, Nope, I cannot do this right now. Because God was dying for me, God died, and but I know everyone's different, and and with you, you just said it was kind of more of a gentle process and kind of a shifting.
1: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't have hard feelings. I, I mean, there's moments where like I can't believe that or I can't believe this stuff's being taught, where I'll just kind of sit and think about it. But I, I honestly have no ill will. I have no negative feelings. I don't have resentment. I don't have anger. I don't have anything mm-hmm. around that. I, I think that the. The general things that we're taught, if you will, like I think are more positive than not. I feel like part of who I am is because of my upbringing. I honor that. I'm not, it doesn't resonate with me today. So I, and again, I don't, to give that energy and to be angry and bitter, that suddenly hurts me. It doesn't hurt anybody else. And so why would I take the time to do that? I mean, I've had to work through some things, but I can honestly say that I haven't really been. Angry or bitter mm-hmm. at, at any point. I, I find myself that people make comments about how not so much now, but in the beginning, immediate family members were making comments about well, what about this, one? and I'd get like, I uh, 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 don't go there, right? right? Um, but that aside, I honestly feel I'm at peace with it, and I and I and there are people where it resonates big time with them, my parents and mm-hmm. others that it's like it's a core part of who they are, and. It's they're not going to shift or change, and it works for them. More power to them. Who am I to tell them that Mm -hmm. it's right? You know, it's not right for them. And I think some people, when they leave, they get they want to get on this pedestal and preach and say you're wrong, and here's all the reasons why. Yeah. And I just feel like, again, everybody's different. different? Yeah. So yeah, exactly. How's that any different than them trying to say it's it's totally true? Yeah. And so, so yeah, I feel like I'm. It's been a. I can honestly I haven't looked back. The the guilt. The best thing is the shame went away. Yeah, that that was the biggest thing. And I feel free.
0: Shame is one of the lowest vibrational emotions that we can hold. Like it's closest to death. That's how low of a vibration shame is. So I love that you practice gratitude because gratitude is one of the highest. And actually, gratitude pulls in both the left and the right hemisphere of our brains. So it's kind of a beautiful thing what it does into in our biology, as well as just our overall energy and our connection. Um, But I wanted to rewind. You made a comment that it was easier to leave than you thought it would be when you were looking at stopping and no longer going to church did you kind of have all of those what ifs and the fear around it and uh or did it was it just kind of something that just kind of naturally progressed and you were like i'm done
1: i think it just got i think it was the the ending of my marriage i think or towards the end of it that really was the catapult for me i mean we it, sundays became the least i hated sundays it wasn't a good they weren't a good day for us and and my boy's mom my co-parent she gravitate to is one of those things Like I didn't want to go, but it's like, you know, almost like I was almost like a kid. Come on, let's go. Let's go. She's just nagging to do that. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't fair for her either. But the truth of the matter, it wasn't resonating with me. Yeah. And it just, it was, it was, I just, I hated the feelings around it. I just didn't want to, it just didn't, I didn't want to go. And mm-hmm. it wasn't like, I'm trying to live this alternative life starting. It just, the, the core part of it didn't resonate. It just with wasn't me. true. It just didn't, it didn't. Yeah. It, it wasn't, it didn't fill me up.
0: Now religion was not what unraveled your marriage to be clear, correct?
1: No, 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 not at all. No, oh yeah. No. Cuz I
0: think that's one of the things that people get, start worrying about. If I leave, and I had another guest the other day that when he finally told his wife he was he was afraid of what she was going to say and she's like, "I've been feeling the same way." And so it was they both had left, but there's a lot of, of couples that are afraid to communicate to their spouse because they they think it will unravel their marriage. So I just wanted to clarify. I was hearing that it's not what ended no,
1: your marriage. No, 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 no. Our 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 Ours had to do with just, I mean, a lot of things. Both of us, I mean, we could we could do a whole show on it Right, and like, I don't and need no, no, you to go good, into but, that,
0: but I just wanted to clarify, it wasn't because you were leaving Mormon as... No, it no, a and and the other- only thing I would say
1: to it is we, towards the end, she wanted to go to a an LDS therapist, and I said, that's fine. I And when we sat down, he even brought up, he's like, do you mind if I share gospel or scriptural thing? And I said, if you feel like it pertains to whatever we're discussing, sure. I said, but if you at any point are going to say the reason that our marriage is not successful because I'm not praying enough, going to temple. enough. I said, I will stand up and walk away because our issues have nothing to do with religion. Our issues have to do with communication and all the other, you know, the list was Mm -hmm. long, had nothing to do with the religion. I feel like my experience in seeing couples where one's left and one hasn't, Mm -hmm. I think that's hard. Some Mm -hmm. couples can do it. Um, I think in anything, whether it's religion or anything else from a couple's perspective, when you're out of alignment to be able to continue down that path is difficult.
0: Yeah, it is challenging. For sure. With your parents and the family members that have stayed in, how is the relationship like now? I know you it, you just mentioned you made a comment to your dad the other day. So it sounds like you guys have open communication. Oh, super open. Which and is really unique and super cool. I love that you have that.
1: Yeah. It, it was interesting when I kind of referenced it earlier. When I first left my mom, and I love her to death. Mom, if you're listening, I love you. Um, <laughs> I, When I first left, she wanted to make it upon herself to teach. She was going to take the responsibility to teach my boys the gospel and do stuff. And I said, mom, I go, your priority and your number one in my eyes is to be a grandmother Mm -hmm. and love my children. I said, if you believe you need to be a proxy for me to teach them the gospel and everything, I can promise you now I will not come to your house and I can promise you, you won't have a relationship. So that's the part of me. That's just like, "Eh, eh, eh." no, we're not doing that.
0: Well, you set a boundary, which I think is really important.
1: And she, and I looked at her and I said, she goes, well, what are, they're missing out. And I said, let's talk not about the kids. Let's talk about me. And I said, I'm happier than i ever been. I mean, I, the list went on and on and on and on as far as everything in my life that was, mm-hmm. I felt full that I hadn't felt before. And I looked at it and I said, so what am I missing? What is the church going to bring me when I have all these other things? And she sat there speechless for 15 seconds. She goes, honestly, I don't know. And as time's gone on, we've been very open. We've had, my mom's been very curious. She's asked questions my father's asked questions and, and I think on their own journey watching, you know, their kid, not just me, but others in the family leave the church. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know force is the right word, but it's like, they've been curious and opened their own eyes and have listened to podcasts and studied different things. And they're also in a space now to where, you know what, it really works for them. And they also respect us and understand where we're at and also think like, you know what, it's probably not a hundred percent like
0: they right. say it is.
1: Right. And so it's, and maybe that's just their way of just having peace with the whole thing that they're not there. I don't know. I can't speak for them, but they're way more open and we're there. We don't, everything's on the table. We don't, there's not like certain things that aren't discussed or not discussed.
0: I, I, I like, I'm just so relishing that you said that because I think it's so beautiful and very unique that you have parents like that. And I think even on the world stage right now, if we were just to take out of, you know, not just religion, it's very difficult for anybody to actually be open minded enough to hear somebody else's perspective and be willing to consider it while still holding to their values and still holding to whatever they feel is true. And, um, in some ways you know standing a little bit in in that gray area of I can see truth in this and this is what my belief system is and and so I'm grateful that you shared that and that there are experiences like that that are out there because my experience isn't like that. Most of the people that I talk to, it's not like that. And most people are not willing to open their minds enough to hear and to consider because it threatens their their belief system. And so I love that you have parents like that. So kudos to them if you're listening. Adam's parents. Good job. (laughs) I love it.
1: And I think, again, just the premise of my journey, as I mentioned, going back to never wanting to let my father down, I was with my girlfriend last year and we were together on a trip and she asked me a question. She said, what, what's your biggest fear? Well, little did I know that that question was going to take me down a rabbit hole of rabbit holes. But, you know, a couple of days later, it kind of hit me. I was in yoga and, and and it hit me, and it's like, oh, my greatest fear is a fear of not being enough, mm. which stems from what? Now I want to let my father down, which stems from all these things. So it's interesting, my own personal journey on that. And what I've learned in studying when there's fear around something is the way you get through something you're scared of, or the way you overcome is you got to go to the source. Yeah. So you got to find out where that started, even going back to, you know, childhood. I believe some of that's generational, mm-hmm. and it's trying to find the source of that. And so on my own journey, I've been able to go through that and face the fear. And it's been one of the most challenging things I've ever done in my entire life. So this last year has been one of the most, as I've really dug into that and trying to work through that, and more than anything have an awareness around it, but then also release things that weren't serving me. Yeah. And again, you sharing. I'm sharing this because you mentioned that a lot of people have fear mm-hmm. uh, because it's gonna completely rock their foundation. But the truth is like, if there's feelings around that, we're as a, I think people in general don't wanna face it because it's too painful. So they'd rather go through the motions or like ignore it and sweep it under the rug. And I, I've learned that sweeping under the rug doesn't work because they yeah. don't go away. No. And so to me, it's like, I'd rather have clarity in doing that. And I would encourage anyone listening to this that, that is having those things, like they're on the fence and on the fence. One or two things are going to happen. Either one, you're going to get so much clarity in facing it mm-hmm. that you're either going to get a strong confirmation, no, this is so for me and I'm going to stand at 100% or mm-hmm. it's not. But I think like, wouldn't you rather to know and just be totally in alignment with who you are mm-hmm. and release what doesn't serve us? So to me... Facing the fears, all of us being able to do that is the most freeing thing we can possibly do. And it's the hardest thing yeah. I've ever had to do in my life.
0: Oh, a hundred hundred percent. When we start looking at our those are our shadow aspects that we're holding. When we have to look at those and face our own personal demons. It's challenging, but it is the most empowering thing, right? Because you become more free within yourself because you don't have these fears that are holding you back anymore. Um, when you made a comment, when you had to look at these fears, were they this lifetime or a past lifetime? Both. Um, And this is an interesting topic that I wouldn't mind touching on um, here for a minute. So in my work of being a shaman and doing timeline therapy and whatnot, a lot of times, especially with people that have had family systems rooted in Mormonism, we will have generational systems and trauma passed through. And there's actually a book called It Didn't Start With You that talks about family constellations and the science behind um, how trauma can pass through seven generations. It's fascinating. So when you're looking at an old f- feeling or an old belief, and a lot of times, especially if you're still rooted, if you're listening, you're still rooted in Mormonism. This concept may be a little challenging to open your mind to. But the reality is, is we've all had past lifetimes. And it, it just is. I mean, I've had I had a woman that was leaving Mormonism the other day and we're in a session and I was guiding her through and she couldn't believe what she was seeing because she was seeing a past lifetime. And that was so contrary to how we're raised in Mormonism. Although there is open interpretation inside the scriptures and the doctrine that does say that we have had lifetimes. Um, so in your experience, as you were going through and see, revisiting some of these lifetimes, was some of that? leading to the fear that you were carrying now.
1: Oh, for sure. I think again, right. And that's a, that's an out there topic, right. For a lot of people like, whoa, try and put, wrap their arms around it. And that's in my own journey and just like, okay, being open to that. Cause when Mm -hmm. I first heard the whole principle concept of like previous lives and different things are happening, I'd be like, um, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm where I'm at today, but as I got curious Mm -hmm. and started to dig deep and then going down, that journey and being having my eyes open to a whole another way of seeing, thinking, and the whole principle of having past life type stuff. Oh yeah, it one hundred percent played a a role in it. I would say just again, an easy way of kind of explaining it is so much of the things that we have are generational, past life, what have you, and we we are a byproduct of how we're raised. Mm-hmm. So it's fascinating that my insecurities that I have. And I'm not unique to this. Are my dad's same insecurities, and his insecurities are some of his father's insecurities Mm -hmm. or mothers or what have you, right? And so, it's not. That's why you see this repeating pattern in in society and cultural things that the people just kind of keep doing the same thing over and over. They 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 have the same insecurities. They make the same mistakes. They do, you know, whatever. It's like this. It's like this cycle. But what I've learned is you can break it Mm -hmm. when you become aware to it. And so what I've been doing is breaking. And it's, I mean, I, I adore and love my dad, but I have some insecurities that I believe many that I've released. I have some that I'm still working through, mm-hmm. but I don't want to carry those on to my children. Yeah. And I am i show up very differently with my kids now as I've been on this journey than I did mm-hmm. just a few years ago. I'm a much better father. I'm much more engaged. I'm much more aware. I'm mm-hmm. a huge advocate for self-awareness, accountability. And so my journey, I don't. none of this would have happened had I still been... You know, yeah. quote unquote, going through the motions with the LDS Church.
0: Well, and being curious. I love that you said that. Being curious and being willing to ask the questions. And the the only reason why I bring up the past life piece is because oftentimes um, there, are, how do I want to phrase this? Oftentimes there are things that are happening that are playing out that are not necessarily yours. Meaning, just your individual. It's something that's coming through your DNA through the lineage. And if this is something that's kind of piquing your curiosity, go grab that book. It didn't start with you. It actually goes into the science of it. And some of it's a therapist that wrote this book and some of his clients that he had that came in. There are some fascinating stories and to what you just said, and we get to break it. And I do think that this generation, more and more people are becoming aware and we are breaking these patterns so that they don't keep perpetuating for our future generations. And that is a, that's a beautiful thing. It's almost like having more of a clean slate as we have our children coming into this world, which we'd probably be in a little bit of a better state in this world right now. If we had more of clean, more of a clean slate. Well,
1: hundred percent. (laughs) And I think it's, again, it's hard work to look in the mirror Mm -hmm. and face whatever you want to call them, the demons, the past, the history, past whatever it happens to be to face that fear. It is scary. It is hard. And to look that to me is the hardest work. And it's taken some pretty low moments for me to just be like, I don't want to live like this. I don't want to think like this anymore. So what am I, what am I willing and what do I need to do? And I need to, my, it's the principle, it's the the premise that life is happening for us, Mm -hmm. not to us. Right. So if there's a repeating thing that keeps showing up, I keep stumbling here. I keep having these feelings like, well, there's a lesson here to be learned in it. Mm -hmm. So what is it? What am I doing? That's not serving me. That's not aligned with me. And let me change the behavior, fix it. Or if you will. Right. And Mm -hmm. so, I'm so curious with that stuff now. And I've learned that it's, again, the power. I've got the power. No one else can change it for me. Mm -hmm. Only I can. Yeah. And it takes a different mindset and it takes curiosity Mm -hmm. and it takes the power away from, again, the premise of this, you know, the foundation of your podcast here of religion. Mm -hmm. It's not about a religion. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what people like – People don't realize how powerful they really are. I I didn't. I had no idea how powerful I was. And it's like, it's like, and I feel like I'm just getting discover me. I'm just barely starting down this journey. And it is eye opening. It's a riot. It's, it is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I just, I can't wait to see where I'm at tomorrow, a year from now, you know, two years from now whatever. I'm just, I love this journey that I'm on.
0: Yeah. I would say the same. And one, one little thing, your healing does not have to be as painful as the trauma. I just want to put that out there just as someone who does this. It's when I guide somebody through revisiting trauma, you don't have to go into it and talk therapy. A lot of times we have to go revisit it. There are other ways of looking at your trauma. It doesn't mean it's not going to be painful, but it doesn't have to be as painful as original trauma. So I just want to put that out there (laughs) before we move on to the next. But I appreciate having kind of this conversation. I love this stuff. So I naturally tend to dive into it it if it pops up. Um, it's just fascinating. And I think it's good to bring some awareness or some new ideas or new thoughts for anybody that's listening that, you know, maybe there's a possibility that there's something else is at play here. That's not just your own stuff. So I appreciate you sharing that.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think with anyone that's, again, if people are having feelings around any of it, there's some curiosity there mm-hmm. and don't shut it off right yeah. i think we well, i can't think that way i can't think that way i can't nope, i'm not going there not going there but then it's like if it keeps showing up there's something there to be looked there's something to look at whether yeah. it's religion whether it's something else in your life and i think just again being curious like mm-hmm. what is that mm-hmm. you know asking ourselves what what am i why am i feeling this why and just it's it's amazing what will come as yeah. you just open your mind to something maybe differently than what we've been taught.
0: Yeah. Well, and I love to kind of back to what you said about how you feel like you're showing up differently for your boys now and and showing up as differently as a parent. I, f- I I love that. I feel like that again is something that seems to be a common theme that as we step out of religion and step more into questioning ourselves and and asking those questions and and wanting to expand we're giving our children the same the permission to do the same thing. I don't know how your house is, but my house is constantly full of kids because here it's just a different environment, which makes them curious. They feel like they can be themselves. Um, and it's been, I love the parent that I am now versus what I was. I oh, love it.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm the same way. And, and and part of it's this journey. Part of it also is I, I was in an, an unsatisfying, unhealthy relationship. And there was a lot of projection on my part as a result of that, right? So some of this has, some of my way I show up as a parent now and compared to how I showed up before, a lot of it was just my stuff, right? Yeah. And I'll own that. And But no, I, it's funny when I... With my boys, I, we created this thing, you know, from Meet the Fockers, the whole circle of trust. Oh, I love that. You know, so I said, "Listen, I will. I always want you to tell the truth." I said, "I, I will not. You're not going to get in trouble for for doing things. I mean, there's consequences for anything we do, good in bad, right. right? But it's like I want the biggest thing for me is I want you to be honest with me. And I, my promise to them was I'll be always honest with you. And I've said things to my children and shared things with them that I don't think I would ever share with anyone, let alone my kids. Yeah. But what it's done. Is it's created a bond, mm-hmm. a super strong bond that my kids now share everything with me, and things that they're going through that they wouldn't have otherwise. It's because I've created a safe space for it. And sometimes some of the things I'm like, Ugh, okay, like, right, right, we go. And I want to hold space for it, but then also they're at, it's it's freeing. Mm-hmm. And it, and what I hopefully what I feel like I'm doing is I'm empowering them to be able to have a voice that that their feelings around something are valid. I want to mm-hmm. validate them. And more anything, I want to empower them to like, no, you can do this and you can work through this and it's okay that you're feeling this way. And, yeah. and so it's just created, it, it, I'm going to use the word beautiful. Mm-hmm. It is, I'm so close with my boys and I'm so grateful for where I'm at today. And there's a lot of things that have contributed to that. Um, but getting curious and helping them see the curiosity and creating a safe space has been life changing.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. With your story, your journey, um, specifically, especially because of this podcast, is there anything else that you feel like um, feels important to share? Or is there any um, tips or advice that you give to anybody that's listening, that's struggling, that's debating about leaving, leaving, you know, is there anything else you would love to offer?
1: I think for me, because I know a lot of people that are in conflict with it, or they You know, they're worried what mom and dad are gonna think, they're worried about their kids, what's gonna happen to their marriage. I feel like if you're having feelings around something or like it's not necessarily resonating, I I to me, I mean, I guess I did it for years, so I can't fault them for it, but to go through the motions of something you're really not into is shocking to me. Right. The fact that I even did it for years. Mm -hmm. Yet people continue to do it, and I think some people do it for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And because there's they don't wanna the, the pain of what they feel like will be coming as a result of them leaving or yeah. going a different path, just, again, right, it's... They don't want to disrupt the the norm. Exactly. They don't want to disrupt the norm. And uh, there's so much fear around it. Mm-hmm. And so, but to me, the freedom that comes from it. Yeah. So my advice to anyone listening that's on the fence, I'm going to guess a lot of people who do listen to this are on the fence or or curious with that, is like, be curious and mm-hmm. embrace it. And it doesn't it doesn't necessarily need to be 100% one thing or 100% another. You know, I, I'm actually, again. i use the example of the very beginning, one foot in, one foot out. I'm, I don't believe that Mormonism teaches that you can have one foot in, one foot out. Yeah. Um, that's it's true. either you're in or you're not. So the people that do that to me, I'm just like, I, that's actually, I'm like, I don't know how you do that. Cause yeah. it, I feel like it's in conflict. My opinion of the teachings, because I was taught, maybe my impression was like, no, you got to do all these things. You can't just do two of them mm-hmm. and leave out the other four. Right. But there's a lot of people that do it and it works for them. So I don't know. Everybody's different. And yeah. I'm just like, I have no judgment what everybody wants to do. But again, just to be curious and to ask questions. And I think the health, again, my perspective, I think the healthiest way to do it is to, to not do it from a place, I mean, of anger and resentment. And I think those feelings come because people feel duped. They mm-hmm. feel these things and it's natural. Again, that didn't resonate with me. And I see people to get in that space and I'm just like, ugh. Like work, hopefully you can work through it. And I know some people that haven't, they are just the most angry, bitter people about it. And it's,
0: they feel victim to yeah. being a part of that religion. Yeah.
1: You said a great word. It's like, and we all get into that in different stages of my life. I just don't want to be a victim or a martyr with it. I just mm-hmm. like, it is what it is. I don't think, I don't blame my parents. I don't look at my parents that I was duped. I don't look at the, I mean, it just like, it resonates. It's, it's, it is gold. It is gospel. It is 100% true to them. Mm-hmm. So if that's really truly the way they believe why wouldn't you want to teach your children that? Right. I mean, it just, it's, it's from a place of love. It is exactly. Yeah. I think. And so I think in general, most people, it comes from a place of love, but if it doesn't resonate, go out and find it.
0: Yeah. One well, in my journey. And I bet you're the same way. I've gotten to a point to, if something makes me uncomfortable or starts kind of, I was like, Oh, that's my indicator to lean in I'm like crap. Have you found that's that? where
1: I'm at today? Yeah. If I, if I have a feeling around anything, it's like, this is mine because of, I mean, we want to blame other people. It's like, no, I have a feeling around this, so this is triggering me. Like, that stuff comes up all the time, and I'm like, oh, great. Now here's another lesson to learn, right?
0: You're like, <laughs> what, what wants to be looked at here? Yeah, no kidding. So you... Now you have your What's the name of your financial company? So Foresight Wealth Management. And you've been doing that longer than Nugent Magazine. correct? Yes, correct. So how long have you had your Foresight? So
1: we've been doing. It'll be. I've been doing that. For, it'll be twenty years uh, coming wow. up in the next couple of months. So I twenty didn't know it was years. That long. Yeah.
0: And you do things a little differently there, don't you?
1: Yeah. So we do. We do traditional wealth management, like a lot of the investment firms, and then we do out of the box type stuff too. We do private equity. We invest in real estate. We invest in. We have clients that invest in cannabis. We have clients that invest in all different types of projects. Yeah. So yeah, we have a very successful firm with clients all over the country. And then three years ago started our kind of Nugent Good News, which is a, a positive a, a platform for positivity mm-hmm. um, And we just share cool stories about amazing people. It's a lot of fun.
0: Well, and I hope you don't mind that I'm going to share this story. One of the things that I think I learned, not that I think I learned, we were at a gathering and it was right when COVID was hitting and the financial downturn of the market was hitting and so much uncertainty. And I remember being at an event and watching you and you were, you have such a huge heart. And that's what I think is beautiful that you're bringing that into the wealth arena and to this, to what you do. I mean, you were your heart was in pain with how to handle this. And especially with, I'm sure how many of our clients that you had and and what was going to happen. And um, it was something that I'm like, Oh, I like this guy (laughs) because there's a lot of people that go into business that they aren't heart centered, especially in the masculine that it's just, it's numbers, it's business. Let's go do it. And you are very much conscious, very much heart centered, very much care about what you do and the people that you interact with, which um, anyway, I just wanted to put a voice to because oh, I think that's you. something that's very unique about you that I really um, value in another human being. So that's awesome that you do that. And yeah. and then of course it translates into this Nugent, you know, your Nugent magazine and the podcast that you guys have and the good news. I think it's it's a really cool thing that, that you guys yeah, are doing. It's
1: fun and I and yeah and I think coming from that space of abundance and paying it forward and giving more. I believe the more you give, the more you get. I again one of the principles with. That resonates big time with me is not, I mean, tithing and different things in church, but like fast offerings. Mm -hmm. I think, again, whether you're paying this, again, my own journey, right? Whether you're paying to the church or whether you're paying to another charity, whether you're helping your neighbor, I believe the more you give, Mm -hmm. the more you get. And I had a church leader years ago that said, because we're talking about success and he's like, um, he said, what do you attribute your success for? I'm like, oh, at the time I'm like, oh, it's tithing and all these things. I mean, that's mm-hmm. my job security. Is how I used to feel it. And he said something I'll never forget. I, he he goes, if you want real job security, increase your fast offerings again. This is coming from an LDS bishop at the time. Right. And I said, well, what does that mean? He goes, he goes. It has to his opinion. He goes, it has to sting. And like, what do you mean by sting? He goes, you have to feel it. So, which resonated with me because I feel like okay, if I'm just haphazardly giving. $10 here, $20. I mean, I don't miss it. It doesn't matter. Right. It's pocket change. But if I'm actually taking an initiative to give a donation to whatever I happen to do and I'm very intentional with it and mm-hmm. I and it takes effort and oh my gosh, I feel it, that resonated with me. Mm-hmm. And I've ever since then have continued to do that from a charitable perspective and supported multiple charities and doing things. But the foundation of that belief started with that, which I'm very grateful for it and mm-hmm. giving fast offerings. And so I believe the principle of giving whether it's time energy money resources it always comes back tenfold yeah. and that's how i try to live my life in a very but i mean abundance is the word that's i think in many ways overused sometimes but it's the truth is like that's how i try to live my life and it's it's paid me personally a thousand times over from what I've given. And it's just been, yeah. the, it's, I think that's one of the most beautiful life lessons that I've learned that I want to help teach and help people understand is just, there's so much to give. There's so much to go around and to not have a scarcity mindset around mm-hmm. anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In fact, um Jessica and I, we just talked about wealth and as far as the, cause the energetic connection people have to money is really fascinating. Some people, most of us actually do have a scarcity mindset when it comes to money. And at the end of the day, money is just an exchange of energy so it is I love that you shared that because in my experience there are, I have been having more and more of those where something we put something out and all of a sudden we get this random check and you're like oh look how this is coming back to us and it's like oh I love it. it always that.
1: does it always works out and yeah. every time it's like "If I, I'll i even get moments like I don't know how this is going to work out
0: it always does
1: it all, you just, it's surrendering it's just like yeah. and again that's where the higher power if you will whatever and you're just releasing it's like I can. I'm doing everything I possibly can but again the more you give, it always comes back.
0: Do you feel like though, when you're giving, it's important to have the mindset of abundance that you know it will come back?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like um, I don't, I try to be in a space where I'm not giving with the expectation that I'm getting something in return. Mm-hmm. I've just found that when I give freely and there, the truth is you can get it out of whack too. Like I'm mm-hmm. trying to find boundaries. I mean, I've been taking advantage of that over the years. And so <laughs> I'm trying to find a boundary with that. But I don't, I think if you're giving, like for example, I'm going to give this with the expectation I'm getting something in your back. I don't think that, I think that's in conflict with the whole premise of just giving freely. Mm-hmm. Right. So I feel like, so when I give, I consciously, some. I mean, I normally am not consciously thinking about it. I, if I if I feel a, um, an intuition, if you will, or an impression that I need to show up differently in a certain space, or I need to maybe donate more, or do things it's a gut and I go off my gut on that. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's never let me down. I've, when I get into a, I'm in conflict with myself. If I'm, Hey, I'm going to give you this with the expectation I get that and back. Mm-hmm. That doesn't, that doesn't, that to me defeats the whole abundance. Yeah. Giving without expectations.
0: I love that you said that. Do you feel like though, ultimately under underlining all of this though, you do have trust that you'll always be taken care of.
1: Yeah. Okay. And if, and if, but it might not look like I wanted or thought it was going to look like. And yeah. I've learned that. And that's what I, that's what the space that I'm in is like, I'm hoping that this happens. I'm hoping this happens. But if it doesn't, if I look back at those moments where it didn't work out the way I did, they were all for my benefit.
0: I think you can say that about life. For me, I've learned that. Like, I know that things have shown up that I never thought would, would come in. And this is ultimate surrender really is what that is.
1: And I think just like, just, yeah, yeah, it is surrendering and, so to me it's like when I get in those spaces where I get in my head I'm just like whew, I'll breathe Medica. through it I'll meditate through it and I'm like I'm just surrendering take yeah. the will and you know and <laughs>
0: Jesus take the will
1: exactly right and it's like and then it but it always works out yeah and when I'm not trying to control it yeah
0: awesome beautiful well thank you thank you for being here I appreciate it and then I'll put your both your company's websites down below so oh, people thank can you so find much find you
1: okay I appreciate so, it
0: thank you so much thanks Amanda sending you all so much love Thank you for joining us today. Man, each time I have one of these interviews and these stories that are shared, they are always so beautiful and so touching. I hope that something resonated with you. Maybe it was an answer to something that you are seeking. You can find me on my website at amandajoyloveland.com for more information or more conversation there or on social media at amanda.joy.loveland. Have such a beautiful day and remember you are not alone.